Today's sermon is entitled, Give Yourself to Something. Look at the arrows going left and going right. You don't know which way. You make up your mind. That's the point of it, right? You're standing there at the apex, at the crux, at the point of decision, and you need to decide to give your life, give your self to something. So we continue to talk about actions. Actions become realities when you give yourself to something. So give yourself to something is my plea. And so many of us have no significant ties to anything. And we wonder why nothing has a reciprocal effect on our lives because we aren't tied to anything. We just, we're too afraid. We want to be this notion of being the less people I'm connected with, the less I need to be accountable. And I just run my own world. That has no impact. It has a very, I won't say no impact. Let me say it has low impact, very little impact. When your life is not tied to something outside of you, you have little impact outside of yourself. So it is our sowing and our reaping, or it is our sowing that enables us to reap. So when you give yourself to something, that's sowing. Your life reaps the benefits when you tie yourself or when you give yourself to something. Are you tracking? Here it is on the screen. It's right there. It says, give yourself to something, beloved. Right there. There it is. Give yourself to something. And the idea is that when you give yourself, when you sow your life into something, it enables, it, it clicks on the capacity to reap. If you don't sow apple seed, please don't expect an apple tree. If you don't sow strawberries, please don't expect strawberries next year. They ain't coming. If you aren't tied to anything, if you aren't connected to any business, any ministry, any organization, any mission, any cause, please don't expect anything in return. Don't be so undecisive this year, waiting for something never to come. You missed it. Waiting for something never to come. You keep going outside, looking down the road. You're waiting for something. Nothing's coming. It's not coming. You can do another year listening to this sermon. You can do another year and you can wait on the Lord, but the Lord is waiting on you. He's done his part. He's given you the introduction. He's manifest the truth to you. He needs you to take an action. We know it's coming. We know it isn't coming because you haven't summoned it. Watch this now. I'm beginning to teach, baby sister. When you create an action, you summons a response. Uh, watch this. And this is why I like so much about the book of Acts. Acts is it's exciting. It's a book about the Acts of the Apostles. It talks about how the disciples spread the gospel after Jesus' death, his and his resurrection. These 12 men created Acts and the book of Acts talks about what they did to, to spread the gospel. And really what it is, is they go out into the world summonsing responses 
from people. When you act, you summon stuff to come to you. Ah, oh, God. Ah, oh, sheesh. I wish, uh, listen, when, when, listen, when you start living your life in a capacity of action, you actually start beckoning and um, alluring things to you in response to your capacity to act. So listen, you can't expect something if you haven't summoned it. If I don't call my children, if I don't call my wife, if I don't call the dog, I don't have a dog, but I'm just using the example. If I don't say, come here, Pete, he's not coming. My actions summons a response. The apostles in the book of Acts summons the response. So pick something, y'all. Pick something. Put this on screen again, please. Pick something. Left or right, up or down, in or out, blue or red, pink or yellow, whatever. Pick something and do it. And when you do it, like this, when you do it, do it all in. And that's what I mean by giving yourself to something. Give yourself to something all in. I don't mean give yourself to self. You know, some of y'all got that wrapped up, <laughs> Cynthia. Some people, don't they? Some people got, they, they got giving, I'm giving myself to me. <laughs> I'm giving myself to me again. I gave myself to me yesterday. I'm giving myself to me today. Too many of us have done that for far too long. And now we should be now in a, at this stage in our life. I just celebrated a birthday. And this, this at this stage in my life, there should be serious consideration of being all in with something in our lives. At this point, you ought to be involved in something. Is anybody hearing me? So let me explain this further and say, well, I'll give you some scripture to show it, Tia. Uh, Tia, let me show you. Let me give you some. Oh, hey, D-Lo. What's up, D-Lo? Uh, so I want to give you a little scripture to, to, to relate to this. And it's John 3.16. Let me read it for you uh, uh, as we share this real quick. Psalm, uh, St. John 3.16, very familiar passage, but I'm going to show you. I'm going to blow it out the water for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now check this out. The scripture is saying that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave himself to something. Are you tracking? God loved the world so much he gave. So check this out. It's clear from this passage that God was so committed to us. God was so committed to us that he gave himself to us. Are you not committed to anything? Is there anything you're committed to where you can give yourself to it? What I'm saying is God didn't halfway give himself to us. He didn't halfway save us. God didn't uh, budget it and discount save us. He saved us with his only begotten son. His only son he gave us. So the title of today's sermon is give yourself to something. 
And it is given in the context of this verse. And I want to show you how to do that. That we should be so dedicated to something that we give ourselves to it. I'll say it again. You missed it. We should be so dedicated to something that we give ourselves to it. What do you wake up in the morning giving yourself to? (sighs) So listen, my question and the title of today's sermon is clear when it says, give yourself to something. I know you're asking, what do I give myself to, PC? What do I give myself to, Latanya? I know. You're saying, well, I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what I do, PT. I don't know what to give myself to, Tony. But I know you want to know. So let's answer that question. Let's answer that question. So let's answer the what. What is it then? Help me, PC. Help me know what I'm to give myself to. What what should I give myself, or, 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 or better yet, let me rephrase the question and say, what has been given to me? Ah, I'm setting you up. Little Ben, watch this. A little twist here. Come on, Lolo. I see you commenting as I requested. Amen. All right. So here's what I want you to see. It's not just what you need to give yourself to, but you have to ask yourself what has been given to me. So you can sometimes, watch this now, this is key. You can sometimes learn what you are to give yourself to by analyzing what has been given to you. If you can track what has been given to you in your life over the period of years, Or from God, what do you seem to attract? That may be the very thing that God says, give yourself to it. Now watch this. Let me explain this a little further. This is the what. So let's look at this dynamic. Give yourself to what has been given to you. You ask me what? Here's the what. What do you give yourself to? You give yourself to what has been given to you. I'm going to say it. Take a picture of this. This is your revelation today. I'm going to spend 2022 giving myself to what has been given to me. So to answer this, listen, we must understand the gift. We must understand a gift. Notice this whole phrase, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We're talking about giving yourself to something and you're giving yourself to what has been given to you. So if you don't understand what a gift is or what a giving is, then you really won't know how to act in 2022. I'm setting you up. Everything, listen to this. This is good teaching. Everything God wants of us is based on a gift arrangement not a requirement. I'm going to repeat that. Everything that God wants from us in 2022 is based on a gift arrangement, not a requirement. God does not come and wake you up in the morning and command you to serve him or demand you or require you out of duty to serve and to act. You can lay in bed all day and die. You can come to church every Sunday and just never spiritually grow. You can keep sinning. You can do whatever it is you want, think you want to do and feel like you're getting away with it. And God doesn't force himself because our relationship is not based on requirement. 
It is based on a gift arrangement. God said, I gave you my son. Now you give me your response. Are, are you tracking? Give and it shall be given. Are you tracking? So I uh, feel good teaching here. So in other words, I feel him. Thank you, Holy Ghost. In other words, if I spend my life in a sense with an understanding of giving, uh, something is going to be given to me. Uh, and oftentimes my life is the approach toward the things that I recognize have been already given to me. Are you tracking? So here's how you know what to give your life to. You look at this, look at the slide again, and I want you to be clear on this. Give yourself to what has been given to you. Give yourself to what has been given to you. Let me explicate this a little further. In other words, know your gifts well enough so you can use them. What gifts do you have inside? What are you good at, Tony? What what are you good at, Lawanda? What what are you good at, Shauna? What what spiritually has God given you since you've been saved? And I won't even say just spiritually. What were you born with that God gave you in his creation of your soul, your psyche and your spirit? You give yourself, listen, to what you know has been given to you. So you give yourself to the very thing God gave to you. Let me show you this. Let me put this slide on the screen for you. I'm going to tell you how Paul said it. Paul said it like this. Paul said, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. In other words, I'm pressing, I'm living my life to grab, to, to acquiesce, to acquire, to get a hold of the very thing that Jesus took hold of me for. Are, are you tracking? Look at, look at the passage. I want you to be clear on this. It says, I'm apprehending, I'm pressing to apprehend that which has apprehended me. So in other words, you give yourself, watch this now, this is a big one, Riri. You give yourself to what you can't get off your mind. You give yourself to what has apprehended you. What consumes your thought? What makes you angry? What disturbs you? What don't you like and you feel like you need to change or help? What you, you keep coming back to it. You say, I ain't never doing this no more, but you keep coming back to it. You say, I'm not drawing anymore, but you keep, you keep a pencil nearby. In other words, the very thing that God put in you that consumes you, that's the thing you need to chase. Paul said, I am pressing to apprehend the thing that has apprehended me. In other words, whatever caught your attention you ought to catch its attention. Oh God, do you, you can't see it unless you're spiritual. You got to have, that's why I said the Holy Spirit. I preached four weeks on the Holy Spirit. I'm saying to you, you have to catch the attention of what caught the attention of you. What are you interested in? And that thing that interested you must catch the attention of you. 
Are you tracking? So listen to me. You have this experience. The concept is give your life to whatever has been put inside of you. Give your life to whatever's put inside of you and you have recognized it from the beginning of your life. Let me say it like this. What have you been good at as a child? What did you start out doing? What do you like to do? That's probably the thing you recognize that has been given to you. Pursue that first. Pursue the things that are inside of you already because they've been given to you. Give yourself to what has already been given to you. That way you don't have to uh, sell your soul to get it. It's already been given to you. In other words, haven't you heard people say, if it's for you, it'll be there, it'll come to you? It, that statement is made because if that is for you, if the thing you should be doing is out there, then it already exists in you. So in other words, I am chasing the thing that God created me for. God created me for something. I text my little one, my baby girl, and I say, you know, I say, let me, you know, look at your resume. Let me, you know, talk to me, talk to me. And yes, I'm a good person because she has my DNA. She has my genes. She has my personality. She has my stuff. So there are a lot of things probably that I can recall from my life that probably she's experiencing. So let's talk about it. What were you created for? What are your bits? What are your tendencies? I should know what my, I know the difference between what Cherry likes, what Whitney likes, what Nishi likes. I know the difference. They're different children. And so when we understand what we've been created for, then we can understand what we're to give ourselves to. Are you tracking? So what is it? What, it, what we should give ourselves to is the thing that's been given to us. Look in here. Michael Jackson said, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. <laughs> All right. Look in the mirror first. Establish who are you and what do I possess? I must find that thing to give myself to it just as God gave himself to me. When you discover that that is the thing that God gave to you, then your response is to give yourself to it. Are you tracking? Let me go further with this particular, this particular clause. Give yourself to what has been given to you. Listen, the first part is give yourself to what's inside of you. The second part is to know that you are a gift. Listen, pick your life. Establish your life and know that you are a gift. I am a gift. I am a gift given. I should be given myself to the fact that I am a gift in the world. So see your acts, see your actions in the context of gifts and not demands. So don't go in the world telling people you need me. No, you don't give a gift and say, oh, you need this. At Christmas time, people don't like to get what they need, right? Come on, talk back to me, right? At Christmas, people like to get what they want, what they desire. So live your life. Ah, God, help me, Holy Ghost. Live your life as an expression, as a gift to people that I am what you want. I'm not what you need only, but I am what you want. I am the thing that lights you up. That's why people get in relationship trouble because they, they pick people who check all their boxes. 
because that's what you need. And you find a man, you find a woman, you marry them based on what you need, but you ain't happy because they're not what you want. You needed them. You need a good man. You need somebody with a job. You need a house. You need stability. You need insurance. Insurance. You needed all that, but you didn't get who you wanted. Now, I'm not saying throw out all the check boxes. I'm saying balance the check boxes. Get some of them and get what you want. In other words, when we date and when we live our lives as Christians, when I pastor, I'm coming on not as a demand, not as a requirement. I'm coming on as a gift to you. I'm coming on as this is something that you want. I don't force you. I don't pressure you. I don't issue you a, a letter, a covenant, a contract say you got to be on every week. I'm available if you want it, boo. But I'm telling you. I am here because of what God has put in me. And I have given myself to that thing so that you can see it. Now watch this. Rejection is a part of life. Everybody don't want your gift, right? Everybody don't want your gift. Rejection is a part of life and everyone will not want your gift, but you are the gift nonetheless. Just because somebody don't want it don't mean you're not a gift. Oh, come on. You teaching PC. In other words, don't, Doubt your gift. Don't doubt your. Oh, that's good, Tony. I feel like I feel like that's a good one. That's a good one. Receive that one. Don't doubt your abilities because someone has rejected what you offered. Just offer yourself to someone else or to another situation. If one job lets you go, there's another job that wants you. You are the gift. We talked about that last year. Come on. So someone wants what you're offering. I'm amazed that there's actually somebody out there who listens to my music. I can go online and look at my stats and analysis. And I see somebody listening to me on Spotify. Somebody listening to me on YouTube. Somebody listening to me in Europe. I'm amazed. Somebody out there likes my <laughs> I I ain't on the Grammys yet. I ain't on iHeart movie, the MTV show. I'm not on there yet, but there's a handful of people who want what I have. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? So God loved the world so much that he gave. And Jesus is that unspeakable, indescribable gift. What was the gift? Jesus gave himself. So when I say you give yourself to something, you are the gift. Give the gift of you to something. Give the gift of you to something because it desires you. Somebody wants you. So shame on you if you stay in the house 2022 and do nothing. That's nothing with emphasis. Uh, so listen, <laughs> listen. If God gave himself fully to us, shouldn't be we be willing to give ourselves fully to him? We'll, listen, we'll do insane and stupid stuff for a man or a woman we love or we want. And they don't do half of what they do for us in return. But we keep on buying them. You know, I'm going to get this for him. I'm going I'm to I'm get this for him. And you won't do nothing for God who has done way more than bald head bicep, bro. He has done way more than your boo has, but you won't do anything. It's a, it's a tug of war to get you online in the morning to do two hours of worship with him. But let old boy call you 
Meet me. Can you meet me in a half hour? Yeah. I, I, uh, give me, give me 45 minutes. Yeah, I can be there. You jump, you popping, you quit. You, I'm going to take off. Will you take off work today? You, you, you take off work to go meet him, but you won't take off. Never mind. I ain't going to get down in the business. I ain't going to, I ain't going to get down into that. So let's talk about why. All right. So that's the what. Are you clear on the what? If you if you clear on the what, put tracking or thumbs up or some kind of emoji. L- let me know. Okay. Let's talk about why. I'm just talking. I'm just talking to you. <clears throat> I'm not even trying to use my voice. I ain't using my voice today. Check it out. Here's the why. Now that we know what we are to give ourselves to, let's analyze the why. Let's talk about why? What is the why of all of this? Check this out. Give yourself to something because you love it. Now watch this. The why of the most important things that we do in our lives must always be based on our love for doing it. Why do I do it? Okay, I know what, I, what I'm doing. I'm doing, I'm, I'm giving myself to what has been given to me, but I'm giving myself to what has been given to me because I love it. I love the gift. Well, what is the gift that was given to me? Right there on the screen. For God so loved the world. He loved the world. He gave his only son. I love his son. I love Jesus. God loved the world. He gave to it. So check this out. So watch this now. We we base our actions on love. So the first point, as I say here, is to give your life to something because you love it. So in other words, listen to this. Let my actions to give myself to something be motivated by love to do what you love. In other words, God so loved the world that he gave. Now watch this. Remember last week we talked about the hovering, which I listened to that sermon. Mm, Man, that ain't no joke. But God loved what he created. Watch this now. God loved what he gave so much that he gave his son to redeem it. In other words, remember I told you the earth got in trouble, that his creation got in trouble. It got messed up. So God loved what he created so much that he gave his only begotten son. In other words, you've got to love yourself so much you're willing to give yourself to something so that you can retrieve what you need to be the best you. Oh, wait a minute. Roll that back, PC. You have to love yourself enough to be willing to give yourself to something to create the action that summons the thing that you desire to be the best you you can be. So notice, the best you you can be is not readily in you. The best you has to be worked on. The best you has to be developed. That's what discipleship is. That's what the journey is. That's what the walk with God is. It is about becoming more like God. So don't think you all that boo just because you got saved. No, you a saved mess. That's what you are. You a saved wreck. And until you start acting on the word, 
you will not summons the power of the Holy Spirit and the people you need and desire. Listen, somebody's going to be attracted to you. Somebody's going to like your book. Somebody's going to like your job. Somebody's going to like what you crocheted. Somebody's going to like your business. Somebody's going to like your app or whatever it is you're selling. And they're going to want to invest in you. And you're going to be happier. You're going to be a better, stronger you because now you have financial support. You have board of directors support. You have investment support. You have spiritual support. You have a spiritual network and a family. I'm telling you, stop this this deception thinking that a better surrounding, a core group of people is not good for you. What you see on TV and BET and all them station, MTV, Bravo, all of them, I call them all Lifetime, all them with drama field reality shows give you a skewed, deceptive, monotone perspective that that's all life is. That is not true. There are some powerful people who do powerful things, who invest without ripping you off, who are strong support systems, who lift you up instead of tearing you down. There are networks of people who have walked with God for years and have seen God bring to fruition the things that they have desired and they are waiting on you out there. You have to act like the people you want to attract. Oh, that's a quotable. You've got to act like the people you want to attract. You can't be acting like, I forget her name on the, whatever, the, uh, Smokey, Shoki, Shorty, Snorky, Snoky, whatever name is, uh, on Jer- Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore. Snooky, there you go. You can't be at, never mind. Snooky, you cool with me. You cool. I'm just using this as illustration. The point, the bad guy or the bad girl in the reality show is not who you want to be. You want to act like people you want to attract. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And you do that. Why? Because you love what you do. You do something because you love it. I love preaching. I love to, I'll be tired after I'll be like, but I can't wait till next Sunday. By Tuesday, I'm ready to do it again already. I love music. I love, Joy tells me, go play the piano. It'll make you feel better. I love to play music. I love creating. I love writing. If if I go a day without creating something, I don't care anything, anything. I got to create something. On any given day, I must create something. I love creating. I love writing. I love anything that does has anything to do with messaging. So I like graphics. I like pictures. I like desktop publishing. I like website building because I create messages. I love it. And all of these things, Lolo, all of these things can be seen in my childhood. Tia, Sharon, all of them will testify. All of these, this creative, the music at the piano at three, six, speaking at six years old, standing on a box, all of those things were in my life. And I have given myself to it because I love it. See yourself as a missionary of love. Come on, let me talk to you. Let me get my Barry White voice. You are a missionary. (laughs) You are a missionary of love. That, in other words, any act 
that I do is an expression of my love for being alive. Oh, I'm teaching good. Listen, I live because I love to be alive. Oh, that's a good one. I live because I love to be alive. And my loving being alive makes me a missionary to spread that love to others. God's redemption for mankind is through the random acts of love by his community of believers, his family, you and me, Big Ben, Little Ben, Lawanda, Lori, Terry, Cynthia Delo, Latanya. God's work of love is manifest in the wonderful tapestry of you from Chicago, you from Maine, you from New York, you from LA. It is this beautiful, wonderful design of God's ability to express himself. When Delo gets on the radio, I mean, when she gets on, she's fire. She'd be, hello, y'all. This is Darren Dolores, such and such and such on KF67. And I'd be like, get it, girl. Get it, girl. And she'd just be like, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I know her. She's in her element. And I know that's her gift. Her gift is her voice. And she must do what she needs to do to protect her voice and protect her life. And she does it because she loves it. And when you love something, guess what? You don't start it and quit it. You keep doing it. I knew D-Lo years ago. D-Lo was doing it back then and she's doing it today. If you look at my life 20 years ago, I was doing this 20 years ago. I'm telling you, when you find the thing you love, you keep doing it. You just see different gradations of it. It's better. It's more sophisticated. It's a new angle. It's new channeled. It's new technology. In other words, you've got to find the way. I like this quote. Please allow me just to be poetic for a moment. I don't usually do this, but I like this quote by Jameson Fawcett from the commentary critical and explanatory of the whole Bible. He writes this. He says, what to kindle in the cold and selfish breasts of mortals, the fires of self-sacrificing love to mankind as these words of transparent simplicity, yet overpowering majesty. In other words, he's saying St. John 3.16 was transparent simplicity, yet having overpowering majesty. That there is a sacrificial element to love that is extremely, extremely transparent and simple, but it has an overpowering majesty to it. So the text says, the text says, the text says, listen, he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If anybody ought to be able to quote a scripture, it ought to be able to be that one because it is simple, but it is so overpowering in majesty. Listen, this world should experience the simplicity of our lives and the simplest form of your life is a life lived out of love. If you want to simplify your life, narrow it down to love. Instead of trying to live with the Joneses based on economic status or degrees or where you've been and the amount of material things you've acquired, that makes it complex. But when it boils down to do you love him, that's all we, when we ask in counseling to the couple, one of the main questions we want to know is, do you love him? Because you can talk all day about, we got about a house together, we about a house, we going to be going to have two kids and I'm going to get my master's degree. I don't care about all that. I don't care about all that. Because when that changes, when homegirls start talking, hollering at him as a secretary with his master's degree, the bottom line is, do you love him enough to forgive him through it? Does he love you enough to forgive? 
give you through your shenanigans? Is there enough love? Because love is the simplest expression of majesty. Woo! Love is the simplest expression of majesty. And that's why the passage says, For God so loved the world that he gave, in the simplest form, his son, in the form of a baby in a manger, in a barn, in a stable, and he rises up to be the son of the living God. Let me go a little deeper as I got to wrap this up. I, I know I'm out of time. I don't, I, I don't messed up. I don't messed up. But check this out. L- look at this. The second part of this is give yourself to something that you are willing to pay for. First one was give yourself to something because you love it. But now you got to give yourself to something that you're willing to pay for. If you ain't willing to pay for it, then you ain't willing to live for it. Oh, that's a good one. If you ain't willing to pay for it, then you ain't willing to live for it. So look at there on the screen. It says he gave. The first one said, for God so loved the world. Still talking about why. I'm giving. Why? Because I love it. And why? Because I'm will- I love it so much, I'm willing to pay for it. I'm willing to pay for it. He gave his only begotten son. In other words, I'll bring your satisfaction of life. I'll deliver the world from sin and I'll pay for it. <laughs> he says, I'll fix. He says, you're the one who sinned. I didn't, but I'll pay for you to get better. Oh, don't you remember the story about the good Samaritan, the Samaritan on the way home and, and the priest walked by and uh, his own kind walked by and said, I don't want nothing doing, but, but the good Samaritan walked by the man who got beat up and took him to the inn and said, listen, I, I put you up for a night, get better. He says, and whatever they charge you, whatever they charge you for your stay, I'll come back and I'll pay them. In other words, I'll take care of your mess up. If you aren't willing, cat dog it, if you aren't willing to pay for what you do, if you are, that's why, oh my God, that's why investors and entrepreneurs, people, the banks, they don't want to loan you money if they don't see you aren't willing to invest something. A bank won't give you all of it. They'll say, well, what what are you willing to put up? All I got is 5,000. If they see your sacrifice, if the bank sees your willingness to sacrifice, what does that tell them? That tells them you love what you do and you believe in it enough. You believe in it enough to take your last dollar and invest in it. I'll put 20000 on top of that. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Don't say you all about it and don't say you all in for it and you ain't willing to give up any money for it. You can't, t- let me tell you something. I love you. I love you, honey. I love you, but you won't pay for nothing. You don't love me. If you love me, you're willing to pay for it. Ah, oh, God, come on, somebody. He get, He loved the world so much that he paid for it with his own life. And that's why the sermon is called Give Yourself to Something. You ought to be willing to pay you. You ought to pay yourself. In other words, you are the payment for what it is you're living for. Give your life, ah, oh, God, as the thing that is to pay. In other words, sacrifice yourself. Put yourself on the altar and say, I'm willing to die for the thing I'm willing to live for. Come on. In other words, I have so much confidence in what I'm living for. I'm willing to die for it. Woo! 
And that's what the three Hebrew boys said. He said, they said when, they, when uh, the, the king was saying, bow down to this idol, they said, we ain't bowing down. And we said, uh, we, we, we are serving the Lord. And, but here's what they said. They said, even if he don't deliver us from the fiery furnace, we still ain't bowing down. In other words, he says, for God, I'll live and for God, I will die. If you aren't willing to sacrifice yourself for the thing you're willing to live for, then you don't love it. Oh boy, this is juicy. Woo! Give your life to something as a sacrifice, not as a liability. You shouldn't come to this church and become a liability. Come to this church and be a sacrifice. I don't come to this pulpit as a liability to you. I don't come to this pulpit saying, I need your money. I come to this pulpit willing to pay for every week we're online out of my own pocket and I have done it. Trust and believe the doors have remained open because of my retirement account, because of my IRA that I took money out of and took the penalty, 20% penalty of taking my money out too soon to keep the church doors open. You can't love what you aren't willing to pay for. And I loved it. I, and I don't tell that to everybody. And I, I, ain't, I don't ever preach that. I don't, I don't tell my personal business. I don't even tell that. But y'all don't even know how how what I do in the background and how I continue to fund and finance what I love. If you aren't willing to invest in it, then don't expect other people to invest in it. It cost Jesus his life to love you. It cost the father his only begotten son. And it was because he loved that he gave. And so watch this. Here's a quotable. Shana, write this one down. The level of sacrifice is based on your level of love. Your level of sacrifice is based Based on your level of love, to the degree that you love it is to the degree that you're willing to die for it. Ah, Don't the Bible say in 1 John, it says that God loved us so much that he demonstrated that love, that he died for us. He loved his, he loved us so much that he died for us. He dies, he dies, he gives himself up. So if it's not a sacrifice to do it, You may not be doing it out of love or you may not even love it. Watch this now. We try to wrap this up. Actions that mean something to others cost something to you. Actions that mean something to others cost something to you. In other words, my preaching to you that means something to you, it costs something to me. It costs me to bring you what you need. Cat talking. I'm telling you, you can't be scared to get up off that money, to get up off that time, to get up off that sacrifice to be a blessing to somebody else. The sacrifice, listen to me, listen to me, Lolo. Listen, Lisa, the sacrifice must be a full sacrifice. In Exodus, the Israelites were told, in Exodus 12 and 14, the, the Israelites were told to consume the whole lamb. It's a don't take some home for storage. It's a don't take some home and, and save it for tomorrow. He said, when you cook the lamb, eat all of it. In other words, the sacrifice is to be completely consumed. That's why my YouTube page is called A Life Poured Out. I want to be a life poured out all the way till it's empty. He said, don't take lamb home tomorrow. Consume it all. Why? Why did he say that? He said it because you'll get a brand new lamb tomorrow. If you can, God dog it, if you give yourself fully to it today, I'll give you more strength tomorrow to be who you are. Don't try to save your life and uh, 
I'm going to save a little 10%. I'm not going to be all in. I'm going to be just a little bit in. Don't try to save it. Trust me to give you what you need on the next day. God, I feel I'm preaching. You will get more tomorrow to be who you are. The Bible says, as your day is, so your strength will be. Even Matthew 6 says, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, you must be all in, not halfway in, not playing with it. You know what the black euphemism is? Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Because if the output of yours is half in, then the outcome of your life will be a half return. You will only get half of what you put in. Remember, you reap what you sow. God is not mocked. He said, if you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. So you've got to give a full sacrifice. Whatever you give yourself to, give yourself fully to it. If you're going to be married, be married, not married in Dayton. In other words, I got that with my high pitch. Let me bring it down. He said, if you're going to be married and you're going to bring your life together, you can't be so independent that you don't build a partnership. You've got to learn how to be together and not be still out there looking for something better. You got to be all in. Uh, my baby getting a little fatter, but uh, I'm still all in. Oh, my hair is getting gray, but I'm still all in. My hubby's he lost his. He got to go ball soon, but I'm still all in. In other words, I can't be out there thinking that maybe there's some new nice honey that's coming my way. I found my honey 20 years ago and I'm committed to it. Why? Because I'm all in. That's what a vow is for. A vow says for sicker, for sickness and health, richer or poor, up or down. It doesn't matter. Are you all in or are you not? Don't be half foot in the dough, boo. If you're going to get out, get out. If you're going to be in, be in. Even God said in Revelation 17, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Lukewarm makes me want to spit up. There's a whole lot of lukewarm Christians. Well, maybe today, maybe tonight. Even Corinthians, come on, Bible preach. Paul said, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. But don't be coming to church, him, huh? Well, maybe. I, God don't want no maybe. I don't want no maybe Christians in 2022. I want people who are going to make the sacrifice. The sacrifice has to trust God for provision, not the person or the thing you're giving yourself to. So the excuse can't be, well, I'm not all in, Joy, because I'm not getting what I need in return. Oh, bump that. The Bible is teaching you, you trust God. You don't trust your mate. You don't go all in thinking the job is going to save you. You go all in thinking that God is going to protect you on a job that you've given yourself to. Never give yourself to a man or a woman thinking that they're going to be perfect for you. Ain't nobody perfect. Everybody going to fail you. But God won't. Put your trust in God and let man fail and be a liar. That's who they are. That's why they're under the blood and they need to change. But put your trust in God. He'll never fail you. Ah, you so quick to divorce people, but I dare you will never need to divorce God because he will never fail you. People and things will let you down because they are not consistent, but all of your trust must be in God. And God gave his son because he knew he could trust his return because he too was God. So God gave his son because he could trust his son because he knew the sacrifice would be sufficient for the love he had for the world. This is my last one. I want you to see this. Give yourself to something that gives something to others. Give yourself to something that gives something to others. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him receives life. That they would receive 
eternal life and they would not perish. So you got to give yourself to something that gives something to others. In other words, people got to be able to receive from what you give yourself to. Whatever you give yourself to, people need to be able to receive it. Whatever you give yourself to needs to be receivable. So give yourself to something that gives something to others. Whoever believes in what you're giving will receive everlasting life and they won't perish. So the text says that though his son, watch this, though his son, little Ben, watch this, though his son motivation was love, his reason for doing it was for people to receive eternal life. Though, listen, we're still talking about why. The why, why I do it because I'm, uh, I'm motivated by love. Uh, two, I do it because I'm willing to pay for it. In other words, I'll make a sacrifice because it's a sacrifice that costs to me. I'll make sure it gets done. I'm willing to pay for it. If I pay for it, I know it'll get done because I'll make sure the payment gets there. But the third aspect is here where he says they have to receive eternal life. My end game of all of my actions is that you receive something from what I do, y'all. I don't do it so I can receive. I do it so you can receive. But the logic says, the process says that if they receive it, it will return to you. But that's a given. So you don't have to work on the return for you. Work on the people receiving something from you. At the end of the day, what do people get from being your friend? What do people get from knowing you? Little Ben, what do people get from knowing? What do you get from knowing me? That's my question. Big Ben, what do you get from knowing me? Do you get something from knowing me? Or am I a liability? Do you get what I'm saying? How is life added to others when they spend time with you? Tony, we're friends from a long time ago. But still, even in our reuniting through ministry, there still should be something that my life brings to you. And there's something that your life brings to me. And it doesn't have to be money. It's not material. It could be a smile. It could be a laugh, a heckle. And girl, you got plenty of, you got, you crazy. <laughs> but anyway, so you have to ask yourself, how are people, re- am I, listen, am I living in a way that people can receive from me? Life is given. The reward is given to those who believe. The text said, listen, the text said, He loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believe, in other words, whoever believe, whoever accepts the gift, that's what I mean. Remember, you're the gift. Whoever accepts the gift, they will receive something from accepting you as the gift. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior by faith, we receive at that moment eternal life. When people accept you as the gift, they get something. I tell Joy, you girl, be glad you married me. 
because you get something. When you get something more than the physical, you get something. And she said the same to me. Yo, you get something too. I, yeah, I do get something. I get something beyond the physical. In other words, we get something from each other by being our oh God. When I went to ER the other day, the last week, uh, I had to go to ER, some heart stuff. And, and they, t- you know, it's the p- pandemic and they won't let you in. They won't let, I was like, hold on. I don't want to stay. If Joy can't stay, I don't want to stay. Because what if something happened to my heart? Something happened to my heart and then I go under and then I start dying and Joy ain't around. I, that's a problem for me. Why? What am I saying? I get something from her. She adds to my cat target. Help me, Jesus. In other words, I don't want to die without my life next to me. Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm saying that she's my life. My kids are my life. This what I do is my life. I don't want to die without my life being with me. Do you see what I'm saying? Who in if listen, if the people in your life don't add to your life, if they can't keep you alive when you're on the gurney, Catching your last breath. They don't need to be by your side. Surround me with people who are going to help me breathe when I'm struggling on the ventilator. Come on, preach somebody. Put me in a life surrounded by people who earnestly love me enough because they received me as a gift. And they in turn reciprocate adding to my life as I have added to theirs. I know you want me to stop, but I've got to finish this. Christians then in turn shouldn't fake life. They shouldn't live fake lives. And it's a whole lot of fake Christians running around talking about, I love the Lord. He heard my cry and pitied every groan, but you won't do nothing. You're a faker. You're a perpetrator. You're a fraud. All you do is talk about Jesus. You don't act for him. You don't do nothing for him. You're a fraud. I'm being very direct with you today. You're a fraud and you're a dilapidated fake actor. And all God is saying to you, listen, you've got to be believable. My point is don't be fake because people won't believe you. Be the authentic you so people can believe you. Well, why is it important that people believe? So they can receive eternal life. It is important that they receive you as the gift in order to get what you bring. I need for you to receive me so that I need for you to believe in me, to accept me so that you can receive what I'm offering to you. If you're fake, I can't believe it because your life is based on deception. So don't be fake. Don't run around. Listen, if you if you Christian and strong, struggling, then say the truth. Say the truth. I'm struggling. I like sex. I like drinking. I lie still. I'm working on it. Then tell the truth. Come to truth and be real. That's what God appreciates at the altar. Come and say, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling. I'm, 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 I'm not able to get to victory. I need you to pray. I need to work on this. And so what's your action? I go to AA. What's your action? I turn away from stuff. What's your action? I have an accountability partner. What's your action? When I go to a hotel, stay in another city. I tell the front desk, turn off the porno movies, block it from my room. In other words, you make the actions and God says, I admire that kind of honesty. Don't come in there and talk about how oh, spiritual home, oh, oh, porno, da, da, da. it doesn't hurt me. Oh, I don't like this. I don't like drink. No, da, 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 da. You know, you'd be laid back and plastered, chalked out on the floor if somebody let you. Do you remember the movie Flight with Denzel Washington and he was in the hotel room and the next door, next door, I'm telling the door, the devil will leave the door crack. 
cracked for you so you can get to the other uh, 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 drink box in there. And he drank, he he fought, he tried all night. Next thing he knew, he was up in the morning, he was toe up drunk before. What, what I'm trying to say is be honest about it. And that's what the people at AA want you to do. What's the first thing they say? They want you to say, I'm Cherry Smith and I'm an alcoholic. Tell the truth. I've been one day sober. I've been 30 minutes sober. Tell the truth. That's what makes you believable. And when people can believe you, then they will receive the life you have to offer. Lying on your resume is not going to get people to believe it. Lying when you go into the job, just tell the truth. If it's for you, God will give it to you. Why? Because he already put it in you and all you're doing is going after what he put in you. You can do this job with your eyes closed. I told Joy the other day, girl, doing the job ain't the issue. You can do this job up and down, left and right with your eyes closed. It's already in you. You don't go to the interview wondering if you can do it. You go to the interview knowing you can do it. I'm not living the fake life. So always remember that the simpler things are, the more believable it can be. So reduce your life to love. Reduce your life to love so that it can be simplified and that people can believe you. I'm just here because I love you. I'm not here because I'm your pastor. And I'm not here because they called me. I'm here because I love you. That's the simplest way I can bring this message to you. The gospel is really too good to be true. It's just based on love. God loves sinners and he sent his son to save us from destruction. So if we just believe we can be delivered from sin and have a meaningful life and spend eternity with God and acquire blessings upon blessings. So here's my conclusion Beloved, as we talk about this last aspect of the text said, they will get eternal life and they will not perish. I want to be clear on this. Please note that it is not just what people receive from our lives that is eternal life. They get life from us. But here's what they also get. They get a status. They acquire a status. And that new status is they are no longer perishable. I want you to see this. When people receive the life you offer them, they become non-perishable. Ooh. When my wife and when we live in agreement, we become non-perishable. When your children obey you, your family becomes non-perishable. Because when your children obey you, that means they accept what you're offering. That means they believe the truth you're telling, and so they obey it. And when they obey it, they receive life from it. And that's what the Bible says. Obey your mother and father so that your days may be long on the earth. When you obey, when you agree, when you do what the job asks you to do based on love, not on demand and requirement, but you love your job, when you do it like that, God says you're non-perishable. In other words, you're worried about people going to take your job. No, you are non-perishable. You've got to learn your position. And to perish means you're destroyed. You're lost. You're put out of the way. You're useless. You got, man, when I start accept, when I start living my life on actions, I am useful, not useless. And note the word perishing. Listen, the Bible said in the beginning, for God so loved the world. What was perishing? The world was perishing. The world had entered into sin because of Eve. Eve ate the fruit, passed it on to Adam. The world was going to hell. But because of God's love, because of his actions, guess what? The world is now 
non-perishable. To everyone who believes in the gift that God gave, they are non-perishable. Oh, let me switch that. To everyone who believes in the gift that God put in you becomes non-perishable. Wow. Look at your life and say, what did God give me that I love and I'm willing to give myself to that makes me non-perishable? So the metaphor for perish in the Greek is to devote or give over eternally to hell. You're going to miss hell. So in essence, what we are doing by devoting ourselves, by giving ourselves to God or giving ourselves to something is that we are keeping people from going to hell. We're keeping people from dying. Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to be a person of action that keeps people from going to hell? Many people are committed to a particular lifestyle, slanging cane, working on the street, selling dope, acting up, lying and cheating because they have no other options. And they don't have any other options because people don't go into the hood. People don't go into the areas where the dope is being sold. People don't go to the crack houses. People with actions don't develop nonprofits and programs to help at-risk youth. They don't do anything. So kids stay on the street impoverished and all they know to do is sell drugs. So therefore, giving our lives as described in John 3.16, we're helping others not give their lives to destruction. So if someone believes today, they too can bypass the destructive penalty of Hades and be granted the pass to live in eternity with God forever. What's your choice today? Be destroyed or be built. Don't miss this opportunity to act. Act in life upon the presence and upon the person you are right now. Act on who you are right now. That's what God wants. Don't wait till you become. Act on who you are now. That's how you get to be who you are scheduled to become. The fact that you are alive right now means God wants you to do something, wants to do something through you and with you. So give yourself to something. Give yourself to something and be all in. Give yourself to something like Jacob who said, I ain't going to let you go till you bless me. When he wrestled with the angel. Wrestle until God does it for you. Be all in until God turns it around. Be all in like Moses who had to hold up his arms. And as long as his arms were up, they were winning the battle. And when he got tired, he told his friends, hold up my arms. I'm all in. I won't let my arms down until this battle is over. I'll keep creating music until KJLH plays it, until... The Grammy, till they call my name for the Grammy, until Babyface sings my song, or or uh, what's his name, the other swooner, Brian McKnight, until uh, somebody, or till Taylor Swift, or uh, or Beyonce, or, or Neo, till I can write it for him too. I don't have to sing it; I'll write it for you. I will continue because I'm all in. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not discouraged because it's not, it's not on the billboard at top number 10. It's, it will be. Amen. Amen. What, are, what are you all in on? 
What are you all in? Here's my conclusion to you. They told Jesus on the cross, come down and save yourself. If you be the Christ, come down and save yourself. You know what his response was? I cannot because I'm all in. I have to die. I came to die. If I come down, you don't get what you need. If you don't act today, if you don't act on who you are, the world is dying because of your lack of actions. What do you love enough to give your life to it or for it? Let this year be your year of actions. Last year, we talked about it. But this year, we're going to be about it. So I encourage you, find something to give yourself to. And when you give yourself to it, let it be completely so that it's a cost to you. And thirdly, finish your days knowing that your life is a blessing to someone else. I'm PC. And that's all I've got.